0: As we are now three days away from the NBA trade deadline, we're going to talk about AK and Eversley's trade history and why AK, if he really wants to change this team and improve it, he's going to have to do something he really hasn't done yet in the Chicago Bulls career. And that's come up off some players that he brought to the team. We're going to talk about all that. Plus, we're going to talk about DeMar DeRozan's comments around how important this time is for the Chicago Bulls and follow that up with Billy Donovan's comments on consistency. We're going to get to all that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host there, Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on, specifically TikTok. Go and follow us over on TikTok. Drop some the shorts there i going to start dropping highlights there. We're trying to get that TikTok up. Go and support us over on that side as well. I'm old, so I don't always use TikTok correctly. Sue me. With that said, let's go ahead and get to this content. So with the trade deadline coming up, a lot of Bulls fans are wondering how serious AK is going to be about trying to add something to this team. While we now know that Zach Levine going down with season-ending injury, he's not going to be traded more than likely. Still could be, but that chances of those are, are basically none. We're not going to expect that. Teams are calling on Alice Caruso. Teams reportedly are also calling on Andre Drummond. And when you look at it, Arturis Karnasova is almost four years into being the uh, president of basketball operations for the Chicago Bulls. Over that time, he's made six trades over the time that he's been that. And five of those trades came when he completely over uh, overhauled the roster in March uh twenty twenty one and then that one happened in August of twenty twenty one as well. But that's really been it. Uh that's really been it when you look at it. He's made uh one trade since that time that was trading for um that was trading for Julian Phillips, the draft right to Julian Phillips with two first round picks. And overall, when you look at the number of moves that Alice I mean that Alice Cruz that Arturis Gunnarsova has made or not made in a case like this, it really comes down to one thing that he has not done is he's not parted from players that he has signed to the team. Everybody that that uh, Arturs has is has traded uh, in his time running the Chicago Bears have all been players that were there prior to him being there. Basically, when it comes down to it, when you look at the moves like moving moving window, Carter. Of course, we all already know that moving Thad Young and Alvaro Camino to San Antonio for Demar Derozan's contract, moving uh, Larry Market into Cleveland again. That was not a player he drafted. Chandler Hudson, uh, Daniel Gafford, Arto Porter Jr. These were all players that were already on the Chicago Bulls roster. Before Arturis Karnasova got here, which really adds to one of the critiques around Arturis is that he does not come off of players that he has brought to the team. Once you're one of Arturis' guys, it, it you, he thip, typically t- just rides it out, right? So unless you leave in free agency, he doesn't really make those trades. And so you got to ask yourself if the Bulls are going to make a trade at this trade deadline, it would have to come via him moving off players that he brought to this team now. Alice Caruso, DeMar DeRozan are two players that were expected to have kind of get the most back in in deals right now of the available Bulls. We know that they hold a a two first round pick value on Alice Caruso. The value around DeMar has kind of been up and down. I know we had some rumors uh last week that the Philadelphia 76ers would be willing to offer a first-round pick for DeMar DeRozan. That was quickly the de- de- debunked by a team, uh, you know, a member of the team reaching out. When it comes down to it, you just gotta ask yourself. And this is something that a debate that is going to continue on for the Chicago Bulls for a while. Right. It, well, throughout this trade deadline, you're going to have fans that sit on either side of it. And like I said, I understand why you want to hold on to Alex Russo. I want to hold on to Alex Russo, So I'm in that camp because Alex is just so important to winning. And I like what he means for culture. And You do need to have culture setters. And when you just go all young and just get rid of all the veterans, typically it it, it hurts the development of those players. Yeah, they get in game reps where they can develop certain things as far as the game, but that winning mentality, you want to keep players with that mentality around. But if you can get two first-round picks for Alice Caruso, or even a young player in a protected first, uh, considering the a number of picks that the Bulls sent out, yeah, may have to review that. And then DeMar DeRozan. It's last we've heard, it's been radio silence basically since then, though, is that the, the Bulls were far apart on both years and money on DeMar DeRozan, and they haven't actively talked contract extension t- till November. So you got to also look at that situation for. It. Now, I have brought in the fact that this Bulls team could very well wait to the off season and maybe force a shining trade. Now that is taking a risk. That's not guaranteed. That's not something that would be fully in the Bulls' hands either because a team could, you know, use their mid-level exception if DeMar was willing to take it to uh to um go on a championship run, right? So that would be outside the Bulls. At that point, you're not really um you're not really going to force a sign-in trade or or get a sign-in trade in that case. Now, if a team wants to maintain their own mid-level, trade some contracts, maybe even a pick that they don't feel like is going to help them over their their run, and then use their mid-level exception to add further to their team, there is that option as well for DeMar DeRozan, which the Bulls would be banking on and hoping is the case, so they can get some value back for DeMar, even if he hits the, the, the open market. And then you have a player like Andre Drummond. Drummond's a player that I know Bulls fans, most of us like, right? I'm not going to say anything's universal, but he's such a special player in his ability to get a double-double for you in in minuscule minutes. And we know Billy Donovan already doesn't utilize him very much at all. You know, doesn't play many minutes. He played a lot when, when Vooch were down. But since Vooch came back, Andre Drummond's been back to the 14 minutes here and there. So, you know, if those are the three players that right now have the highest value on the Chicago Bulls. We know maybe you can include a Javon Carter if you want to try to make some money work, things like that. But believe me, no teams are taking calls on just trying to move Javon Carter for anything. Vooch, reportedly, there are some teams interested in Vooch that he could have some value out in the market. That kind of shocks some people. So, you know, if if we see a considerable change, right, then at, at this trade deadline, it's going to be by moving probably one of those three players. Now, we do have other things. We have a disabled player exception of $10 million. We got part, half of a mid level exception left. We got a biannual exception. Those could be used, um, you know, especially in the buyout market. And that may be the, once again, the biggest chance that we have to add some talent to this team is the buyout market for three years in a row, being only players at the buyout market. How Bulls fans going to take that if that's the way it ends up going, that remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, if for change to happen to this roster change that it seems like kind of everybody around the NBA expects and a lot of Bulls fans see that this team may need, or are we going to bet on continuity once again? And the continuity bet is the one that I, I maybe it's me uh, protecting myself from expectations, but I do think the the continuity bet is probably going to be what we see again from Arturis Karnasova. And, you know, we'll end up seeing, man, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, this front office hasn't really moved off very many players that they have acquired. and, that maybe that changes at the trade deadline. Maybe it doesn't. I know as, you know, if, if we're taking the 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 common comments from this channel, most of you guys don't expect it, and I feel you right there, and not expecting it because, like I've said before, when people show you who they are, you typically tend to believe. But with that said, we're moving into what DeMar DeRozan has labeled a critical point of the season. DeMar DeRozan flat out saying this. A critical point in the season, we need every game, especially wanting uh, to close this thing out strong as possible, going into the break. Nikola Vucevic said this, We're trying to catch up to the teams in front of us, but we also have teams behind us like Atlanta and Brooklyn who are right there. So we have to make sure we don't lose any ground and let teams behind us catch us. Now that is a poignant uh, quote because we started this thing off two and a half games above the team below us in the standings. And right now, when when you look at it, that gap is closed considerably. The Atlanta Hawks right now are only a half game back of the Chicago Bulls. They are, they are on a four-game winning streak. They closed that gap with that four-game winning streak. The Bulls are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, went, uh, losing their last game. But, you know, we've been doing that back-and-forth losses thing. So if the Bulls really do want to try to make up ground, per what DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic as veterans on this team are saying, we're going to have to unlock much more uh, consistency from this team. And that is the biggest problem with this team right now. You know, you hear quotes from DeMar. I played it on, on yesterday's episode of him saying, we know we can compete with anyone. And there is data to support that, right? I can't knock that. They have shown an ability to compete with any teams in quarters and halves. But overall, the inconsistency throughout a full game is what has been hurting the Chicago Bulls. We talked about the Bulls have been the worst third quarter team over the last 10 games that have improved a little bit uh, with with the last third quarter we played where we played really well. But consistency has to be one of those things that this team needs to unlock. And through that, playing a full 48 minutes of basketball. Billy Donovan was quoted saying this. We just got to be more consistent. And I don't say this because I don't think we're any different from any other team in the league. We don't have a lot of room for margin uh, for error. We just don't. So when you start turning the ball over 16 times or you go through a period of time where you uh, really shoot the ball poorly for a long stretch and you can't get stops defensively, like we really got to be really good and detailed and concentrated on the things that we can control. We can control handling the basketball better. We can control getting back in transition and communicating. I think we got to be better in terms of of the consistency part. And I think everybody who's watched this team throughout this season would agree with that. You know, Torrey Craig, even upon his return, saying, hey, this team is still a quiet team. They're not as quiet as what they were when I first got here, but this is still a quiet team. Communication is an important part of unlocking that consistency and that identity for your team. We seemed like we were unlocking it there for a while, right? We had that stretch of games. We were playing amazing initially after Zach Levine went down, not blaming anything on Zach there. I'm just saying the facts, right? We were playing much better there. And it seemed like we were starting to be that team that were starting to develop that identity, moving the ball around, playing tough on defense, all starters getting like 10, 12 points at least. And you had Kobe and Damar and voot sometimes rotating, getting more than that. And so – then the injury bug started. The Torrey Craig went down. Patrick Williams went down. Zach came back and went back out. Vooch went down. And so that 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 seemed like that identity that we were on pace to start unlocking kind of stopped there. now we're trying to just get back into being consistent and getting everybody back in rhythm. And hopefully now that, you know, we wait we on Patrick Williams to come back. Once he comes back and he's healthy and ready to go, the, the questions of Zach Levine, Willie Wonnie are done. Right. And then once we pass the trade deadline, we know that this is whatever whoever's on this roster after February 8th is going to be who's on this roster. So hopefully we can start being more consistent. If anything kind of outside of basketball is affecting this team, not saying necessarily that it is, but if these guys are still human. Um, And so that's the next phase for this team. If this team can be consistent over the second half of the season, you know, yeah, they can, they can punch above their weight. Right. But the bigger question is, is okay, what comes next of that? Right. Yeah. Okay. So you finish it, you finish eight seed instead of ninth seed. What does that mean? Really, nothing if you don't come out the playing tournament because you can stay the ninth seed and and lose in, in the first. Okay, cool. What 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 does that really mean and do for you? When you're looking at evaluating this team in pieces, because I think at some point AK has to realize that some type of haul needs to happen with this roster. They're not going to go full rebuild. They've already said that, but something does need to change. And so, you know, uh, you know, we'll see how they play over the back half of the season and what that means for the Bulls fans perception and the perception around the league for the team. But I don't think a whole hell of a lot's going to change at the trade deadline. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken on that. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below, as always. Now, you guys know mailbag days are Saturday and Sundays, but we had some overflow. So I'm going to go ahead and play the three voicemails we got in the middle of the day yesterday. Let's go ahead and play this first one. This one's from Reginald.
1: Hey, hey,
2: this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, I'm not going to lie, that was probably the first time in a long time that I saw the Bulls, you know, fight back, bring down by a lot. I think they were down by Daniel Party at one point, but they got it to one of four. But uh, at the end of the day, they just don't have enough offensive punch to, you know, get there, especially from their bench. Uh, the minute you had to put Iowa in the starting lineup, I mean, where are you going to get offense from? Jabari Carter? That's, uh, it's just, just sad that uh, you went from having a deep bench to having so many injuries that now you have almost no bench at all. But uh, think of injuries kind of
0: weird to me. experience the thrill of March Madness if you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home bet the non-stop action of March Madness with my bookie enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets props and odds boosts whatever your style my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000 all you have to do is claim the code bull central but the fun doesn't stop there get up to the minute odds free bets and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on the best part about my bookie you can bet on anything anytime from anywhere use the promo code bull central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today
2: that next time we'll see Zach Ravine on the court will be at the same time we see the longer ball. And that was something I didn't expect to happen. So uh, right now, I think as long as the Bulls are playing on, you know, standing pat at the trade which I honestly don't see any moves they can make that will have a real major impact. Uh, but maybe you heard something differently. But uh, My question to you is, what do you think uh an extension for Andre Drummond or Alice Caruso in the off season would look like? Or even Pat uh P. Will. Because right now him making more than like forty million a year would be too much for But uh, what's your opinion? Thanks.
0: What would an extension for Caruso and Drum look like? Great question. I with the Bulls got Alice Caruso on the steal. And that that is another thing that, you know, in this, the Bulls being hesitant to trade Alice Caruso, um, which is fine you got to also then, okay, are you going to be willing to pay to keep him? Because I tell you right now, that $9 million you signed Alice Caruso for, you're not getting him back for that money. He's probably going to get at least mid-level exception type money. So you're looking at 12 to $15 million at a minimum, I think, for Alice Caruso. Now, maybe you do that on a two-year deal or one-plus-one or two-plus-one, something like that. But that's probably what Alice Caruso is going to command. And keep in mind, the Bulls don't have a lot of true salary cap space. They can re-sign Caruso regardless we're just going to try to avoid that luxury tax which then would limit some of the other things you're able to do around the roster so and then drum drum is an interesting one because you know we got drum for a little over three million dollars theoretically even if he resigns and gets a bit of a raise maybe five to six million dollars for for andre Drummond. that's almost dub, that's doubling what he's getting paid now um but then you got to weigh yourself on what that's going to be on the open market can drum get more than that in a league that while he's elite at what he does? Does the league still value that as far as putting that number on it? So listen, I, it's gonna be difficult, especially when you factor in the Patrick Williams uh extension as well, because if you extend Pat, and again, that was a rumor, Pat doesn't want 20 million dollars a year. I already can see you guys typing. When you want potentially Pat, and you're gonna resign him, potentially resign Alice Cruz. So at that point, you may be looking at filling out the rest of the roster unless you're doing trades with a round minimum and vet deals. So I just, I don't know, man. I, I listen the the Caruso extension. I think is a little bit more clear. The Andre Drummond extension that may be one that gets a little bit more difficult for the Bulls to do, and that may be why they may look to trade him at this trade deadline. So let's see what happens. All right, let's get into this next one. This uh, one's brother, from Big
3: O. Hey, this is Big O, brother. For everything is going well, man. Definitely be tapped in, tune in to your videos. Oh, called in uh, and noticed uh, one of your callers. I know, and this. put next to your next biggest piece, And hopefully you can find something you know, bigger than him. You know what I mean? Uh, like, you look at we compare them to Jamal Murray for the long you know what I mean? And that you know fair comparison. But if you take Jokic off the Denver Nuggets Jamal Murray will look just like Kobe White he'll be a guy out there, getting 20 plus shots a night, trying to carry the load. You know what I mean? And I think their numbers will look a lot similar if you took uh, Nikola Jokic off the nipper nuggets roster you know what i mean uh i think kobe man that guy has turned himself into a really really uh, above average player at this point you know what i mean and it kind of want to take me into this next topic which is that uh the Golden state warriors when they won their first championship i believe steph curry was under his second contract which was still a cheap contract as he was under injury, right I think it was about thirteen million a year. That's how they was able to afford to get KD because Steph Curry wasn't under his max contract as of yet, and it helps me understand why the Bulls want to get win now pieces because they like, hey, we got three years of Kobe White on a on a cheap deal when he's going to demand max money if he continues to play at this level for the next for the foreseeable future, right? So I understand why the front office saying, hey, we need to get some pieces next to this guy and take advantage of him being on a cheaper contract, similar to what Golden State did with Steph Curry. The unfortunate part about it is that the Bulls don't have the, the right pieces to flip unless they can go out in free agency and get somebody to sign here. So that's my call, brother. Uh, I'll catch you on the next one. The Kobe
0: White-Jamal Murray comparisons are one that we hear a lot. Uh, it's one that I understand, and I would even go on to say this. You said that without Jokic, Jamal Murray would be Kobe White. I wanted to bring that home. In 24 games in his career without Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray has averaged 16.3 points per game, four four points per game, and 3.6 rebounds per game. So again, not to say that he's a bad player at all, because that's not we all know Jamal Murray's not a bad player, but that is why, like in the in the voicemail for Murray's May, Corey May's yesterday saying talking about like Maxine how how playing with Embiid helps him, playing with a player like Jokic absolutely helps. Jamal Murray, especially with Jokic being the focal point of that offense, basically being the point guard of that of that offense, a lot of ways, it really helps him play off ball and and be strengthened. That I will say this though, Jamal Murray is a way better off ball player than what Kobe White has been consistently right now. And if Kobe White can add that off ball game of uh, that Jamal Murray has, man, I think that it would take him to the to, uh, into the stratosphere. So it's it's a really it's a solid comp for, for Kobe White. I don't knock it at all. And I love what you said that you know Kobe White is somebody that you build with, right? And until you get that number one, you have to build around some. You have to build the team around somebody's skill set, and that's what you can do with Kobe White, especially since he's a higher basketball IQ player than what, for example, like what Zach Levine was, and he's a better passer. So you know maybe uh, again, that's not to say that when the Bulls reach hopefully a new height, right, that Kobe's going to be the best player on that. But just like Lou Alday and Kurt Heinrich, really the and Ben Gordon were the pieces built around the team. Once you got brought in Derrick Rose, they, they took secondary roles, but they still, because of those years, were able to step up in a big way. So I definitely think that in taking advantage of Kobe White's contract while it's low, you're absolutely right on that. Because if Kobe keeps on this path, he's going to command max level money. And so you want to, to get in contracts where you can. But that's also why drafting right over the next three years, whatever picks that we do have, is going to be important because that's also cheap contracts there as well for hopefully quality players if we can develop them. So great points, Big O. Great voicemail, as always, Big Dog. Let's go ahead and get into this last one. This one's from T'Challo.
1: Yeah, this is this Tichalo the Savior, and I'm calling in the to touch bases on Kobe White and his NBA comp when he was coming out of college. A lot of people don't know that his comp was Gilbert Arenas. I always expected Kobe White to be good. Not great, but good, because Gilbert Arenas wasn't great. Um, in the beginning of his NBA career when he got minutes, he was going crazy, especially from the three. Like, he always had three-point elite talent, and then he started to add to his game over the years. But once you a top-ten pick, you are projected to be good, if not great. I never had any doubts, me personally as a Chicago Bulls fan, about Kobe White. I always knew that he deserved to be a star and he was gonna end up deserving it and working hard for it and getting there. It's just that he didn't have the right coach starting out and then when we got all those stars that pushed him back on the, the depth chart. So that, that hindered his player development. You know, so the thing with with, with Kobe White, he was a top ten pick. <laughs> what are we talking about here? And um as far as Io, I did not expect him to even go in the second round. Um, that was actually a steal. That dude was balling since high school. So <laughs> that dude, man, he has a lot of potential. And what a lot of Bulls fans need to realize that this is a uh, developmental year. Um, all everything else, we need to not look at and even talk about because this is all. It's we we actually in a rebuild when you really look at it. Um, A lot of the old players, they're about to be gone, and I can finally see Zach Levine. he's he's about to be gone. So it's all about the young players in the development. You know what I mean? People shouldn't be mad about when we lose games and stuff like that. People need to be looking for us being in games and looking at the player development and see what we have towards the future. And that's what this year is based upon. Now that's what it is. Uh, all of them old guys about to be gone, Bruce, DeMar, they're eventually gone to be gone. But even if we sign DeMar to a contract, we're going to use that as leverage because we got to keep the power. It's all about the power. So and we need to sign him so we will be able to trade him. So a lot of people don't understand. Put your GM cap on. You know, that will be a smart business move and business venture. Of course we're going to end up signing him. We're not going to let him go for nothing because we need to utilize that tool to be able to get picks or uh, whatever we're going to get. So this year is actually uh, the start of... All right, so not that I disagree overall with anything that you
0: said, I'm going to add a little bit extra color to it, right? I actually think that Kobe White's time coming off the bench actually helped his development because he was, he was able to watch the game and kind of understand, hey, if I'm going to get out on the court, this is kind of what I'm going to have to do, right? When, when it was just him and Zach were the offense, they had a plan regardless, so Kobe White kind of having to fine ways. That's why his defense got better. His weak side defense is even why I think his dribbling and passing got better. So I do think, I don't think that him coming off the bench for those years hurt his development. Yes, it, it limited the opportunities, but I think it made him realize that he has to do more with those limited opportunities and do more than just shooting the ball. And so I don't think being a top 10 pick means that you're going to be great or even good. It doesn't guarantee that at all, but it does mean that, Hey, this is the talent that people saw in you. And so, yeah, he's really doing that. But I got to come back. The one thing that I don't agree with at all, we are not in a rebuild at all. So saying that, bro, I think you're trying to rectify what's going on. With, with We're not in a rebuild. And no, this, this this season was never based off just development. They set the tone. This front office set the tone and the expectations of being better and being a playoff team. The players had that expectation. So I don't think we can throw them bell and saying, hey, well, this team is really built around development. No, that's not. We are not in a rebuilding year. When you look at the salary, look at the vets. This was a team that was built to try to compete, not contend, but compete. And, you know, we've done that to varying degrees at times, but there's no way to knock it that per the expectations set by the front office, we're falling short of those brothers. So, but outside of that, agree with most of what you said, great voicemail. As always, guys, make sure you're leaving those voicemails, text messages, whatever you want to get in there. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns gmail.com. lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related thanks to you guys and like i liked in every episode on go bulls love you guys see red if you can y'all peace this has been a presentation of the
1: break 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 media